And this training of the mind is the most important thing. And uh, it's even more so now. We've seen from last year to this present day that uh, we've all met with uh, this new state of the world, this pandemic, um, very strong um, illness has been spreading around. And many people have gotten sick through this. Many people have passed away. And perhaps we may even have friends or family who have died uh, due to this. And so if we haven't trained our mind, then maybe we'll feel some sorrow, some grief uh, because of that. And uh, that's just normal because we have kindness, we have love for these people. We've got good wishes towards them. So when they pass away, then we feel grief. And uh, we wish for them to be happy, and when they are happy, to gain even more happiness. We have this compassion, thoughts, uh, wanting to help all people to be freed from suffering. And there's also the economic crisis that people are experiencing. Um, and, uh, and so we try to maintain our minds in compassion, to found them in this quality, wishing to help all beings to be freed from suffering. And we do so in line with our abilities and in line with our means. So if people don't have sufficient medicine, if they don't have a place to stay, they don't have enough clothing, then we can help them out. And if we're in a state where we can help them, then we do so. If we can sacrifice in a beneficial way, then we do so. And we share our belongings um, and give them to others. And we do this through compassion. So there's these thoughts of wanting to help those that we can help in line with our abilities, in line with our means, to be freed from suffering. And then when they meet with success, meet with happiness, then we're pleased by that and we feel joyful. And in doing this, our minds are happy, they feel at ease. But if in the end we can't control the situation, we can't do anything to affect it, and sometimes it is this way, then we have to be able to put these things down. That if that's to do with people that we love, then we have to be able to put it down. If um, it's to do with people that we hate, then we don't make the situation worse, we don't aggravate it. Understand that people have their own karma, um, that everyone has their karma which follows them, and that they're born... Uh, due to their karma, and they have uh, this karma which follows them, which gives results in their lives. So if uh, people that we don't like meet with hardship, we don't make things worse. And um, also if we meet with separation for the things that we like, things that we love, such as our wife, our husband, our children, that if we've trained our mind well, then we won't feel suffering over that. Um <clears throat> And that shows that there's a very good amount of equanimity in the heart. But if we haven't trained our minds to that level, then there will 
will be some degree of sorrow, one degree of grief. So it depends upon how well we have trained our minds. And there was one story uh, from the time of the Buddha that I'd like to tell you. And that there was a lady called Malika. And um, her husband was a minister of uh, King Pasenadi, if I uh, remember correctly. And um, he became very famous. And the people uh, liked him a lot. He gained a lot of uh, popularity. But uh, King Pasenadi was worried that he was trying to gain the throne to try to uh, push him out of his power. So he sent for uh, Lady Maliga's husband and uh, all of their children, all of their sons, to catch a thief. Uh, but, and so he sent them into the forest uh, to catch this thief. Uh, but he also sent his soldiers first to lie in waiting, um, to hide. And so when uh, Lady Maliga's husband and children uh, went into the forest to catch this thief, then uh, these uh, soldiers um, had laid this ambush and they had no way that they'd be able to to fight them, to defeat them. Uh, So all of them ended up by dying. But on that same day, Lady Maliga um, had invited the... uh, left-hand and right-hand disciples of the Buddha, Venerable Sariputta, Venerable Mahamogalana, and 500 other monks to eat at her house. And when she was offering them food, um, she had a tray of butter that uh, she dropped. And when Sariputta um, heard this, then he said to her that, don't worry, it's normal for things to break like this. But... Lady Malika had just received news uh, through a letter that her husband and children had all died. And so she gave this letter to Venerable Sariputta. And uh, she told him that, you see, uh, I just received news that uh, my husband, my children have all died, but I'm not saddened over this. Um, So why would I be upset by just the breaking of a tray, uh, dropping a tray like this. This doesn't cause me any sorrow. We see that her mind was so firmly established in equanimity and that uh, the person that she loved the most, her husband and her 32 children, um, they had all died at the same time, but she wasn't upset. And that was because she had trained her mind to such a high degree that she had this quality of upeka that wasn't uh, getting involved in liking or disliking. She trained her mind to this level. Um, And she was an Arya, a noble being. But she also had Barami more than your average noble being. And uh, so much Barami that she was able to to put these things down, uh, to lay it down. And so this upeka, this equanimity um, that she had, was also informed with wisdom. It was equanimity through wisdom. And she had trained her mind to such a great degree already. But what's equanimity that's devoid of wisdom like? Well, this is equanimity through moha, through delusion. Uh, 
through not knowing the truth, not having the wisdom to solve any problems. And so people try to fix it by running away from them. So there was one disciple of Lumpur Cha who had studied um, many Mahayana scriptures and had learned about letting go. And he was practicing in that way, practicing to train his mind to not uh, go off into attraction or aversion. So one day his hut, which had a thatched roof, um, got damaged. There was a strong wind that blew across the monastery and it blew away part of his roof. And so when it rained, uh, the rain just came right into his kuti and it made the floor all wet. So he went to uh, stay um, in the other side of his hut. And then when Lumpur Cha saw this kuti, he asked whose it was. And this monk responded, that it's mine. So Lumpur Cha asked him, well, why don't you fix the roof? You've got this nice hut and it's just going to get damaged and broken. And he responded uh, that I'm training myself in letting go. I'm training myself following the teachings of the sixth patriarch. And Lumpucha uh, said that this letting go that you're training yourself in is very close to the letting go of a buffalo. It doesn't have any wisdom to it. Um, that you train yourself to endure with difficulties, to contemplate, um, to really understand what's going on. And that is correct. But the way you're doing things now, that's not right. You're just not doing anything. So this monk thought, well, I am practicing so hard you know, that I've been letting go to this degree and I still get told, up, told, get told off for it. Um, so what should I do now? So this letting go, or upeka, it needs to have wisdom to it as well. And if it doesn't have any banya, then it's just moha, it's delusion. So we need to be cautious, we need to be restrained as well. Um, both when we're in the monastery or whenever, wherever we go, we need to keep our restraint. We need to help each other out. If we see something that has gone wrong, that isn't correct, then we can tell our teacher and uh, he can try to solve the problem. And so recently in the monastery, many water pipes have broken, but we should all help each other out in this. We shouldn't just leave it to one monk to fix. Just the monk who has the duty to do that, we shouldn't let him do all the work. But we need to keep our eyes open as well, to be looking around and seeing is there anything that's broken and helping each other out in this way. We don't, uh, all the monks should help out um, to, to take care of the monastery like this, not just leave it to one monk, not just see things and let go of it. And if we do that, if we just see stuff and let go in this way, and everyone does this, it's just the letting go of delusion. It doesn't bring any benefit for the community. So we must um, lend a helping hand. And like if our huts are broken or if there's something that's wrong with them, we should try to fix it. We don't just abandon it. And um, it's not uh, the case that... Oh, sorry, when we live together uh, like this, then we need to help each other out. 
Um, we can't just abandon things. We can't just uh, leave things be. And so Limpo Cha said to this monk, um, well, if you're really letting go, then why did you move? Why didn't you just sit there and let the rain fall on you? So therefore, this training of uh, the mind is something that's important. And sometimes we don't have a deep understanding into the Dharma that we're studying. So just like this letting go that the sixth, patri- the sixth patriarch taught, um, that he had very profound wisdom. And even before he ordained, he had uh, a great amount of banya. And uh, when he listened to the Dhamma, it didn't take him long to reach the highest level of Dhamma. So therefore, whatever we do, we need to do it through wisdom. Whether it's letting go, developing equanimity, we need to have wisdom. Um, and samadhi can help with this. If we reach uh, the fourth jhana, um, the stage of upeka, before that there's piti, uh, there's joy, sukha, happiness, and ekakada, this one-pointedness. But these come together into upeka, into the mind that isn't given to attraction or aversion towards the things that it experiences. This is a very strong and stable level of samadhi. And when we come out of this state, um, then it won't take long after contemplating the Dharma to understand it, to know it, to see it. It's not difficult because our tank of samadhi is full already. So we contemplate and this um, f- makes our samadhi even more firm. And we come out of that state, contemplate again, and not long we'll attain. But if we haven't reached that stage of upeka, jhana, um, then we need to train ourselves, train our minds not going off into liking or disliking, train ourselves in equanimity in this way. But in the beginning, when our minds meet with a sense impression, then they'll often go to these two extremes. And sometimes we can get in a good state of samadhi and the mind doesn't go off in this way. But when the mind doesn't have samadhi, then it's natural it'll just run off into aversion or attraction. So we need to be cautious. We need to maintain our mindfulness. If the mind is getting involved in liking or disliking, um, then we contemplate it. Um, We constantly look through it. Always um, know what we're doing when we're speaking, when we're coming and we're going. To have restraint, to have caution, to take care of our minds, and to not just abandon the mind, not let it run after liking or disliking. Not allow these things to cover over our hearts or gain control over the mind. If we do this, then we're just not practicing. And then... If the mind is in this state, um, then our letting go will just turn into a disaster. Our sila, our practice of morality, can turn into into a disaster as well. Our samadhi can become disastrous. But if we have restraint, um, or sorry, rather having restraint, um, maintaining our sila well is something that's very important. And uh, and nowadays it's... um, of even greater importance. And that um, when our sila becomes well established, 
um, then it aids our practice a lot. So we need to to have caution, to train the mind well, and to be restrained in our actions of body and speech. And so maintaining sila helps for both samadhi and wisdom to develop. But if we don't have this foundation of morality, then samadhi is something very difficult. And if we can get a degree of collectedness, then it's tough to protect that, to maintain that. And wisdom just can't arise. And in that state, um, then there's no equanimity. If there's liking, the mind just falls into that state. If there's disliking, the mind just deludedly believes in it. So we need to be cautious. We need to train our minds well to not be heedless. Every single day, we need to try to be heedful in this practice, in the cultivation of our mind, caring for our hearts, looking after them. It's not the case that... um, If a monk has many reins, they can just do whatever they like. It's not like that. They need to be cautious as well. Need to maintain their morality well. So that they can have a sense of respect for themselves. They're able to bow to themselves, to to respect themselves. And they become, uh, or other people become fond of them. It's not that when they live in a community that other people just dislike them or hate them. So we should contemplate that have we maintained our morality well? Ask ourselves this, contemplate this. Is my sila lacking in any way? Can my friends, can those who I respect, those who have wisdom, are they able to find fault with my virtue? And we need to train ourselves to be Uh, telling ourselves to always be teaching ourselves to be developing our own minds. If we don't have this foundation of sila, then the heart doesn't have energy and it's impossible for equanimity to come up. We just can't get to that state. So we do need to train our actions of body and speech Um, that if there's greed, hatred or delusion arising, then we endure, we forbear. This is something that Lumpucha taught a lot, uh, to have this endurance, to be someone who is frugal, content with what they have, to maintain right view, um, to practice in line with the Dhamma and the veneer. It's not that we just don't have any wisdom. Um, that's not true letting go. That's the letting go of a buffalo. So we need to be cautious and train our minds well.